Hi, everybody. An early happy Thanksgiving. Mike Shope with Adam Krautwurst. The deep end fantasy football podcast for the high stakes player. It's the deep end of the fantasy world. And this week is the deep end of the regular season. We'll talk some strategy, have Billy Muzio on to chat about successful teams and things we've learned this year and more. Welcome to our show. And this is the deep end. Got a little bit, bit of a vibe here. So the movie Best in Show came up on my WGR show today. And somebody, <laughs> one of the people, the characters in this movie, this dog show movie, they go on a, a local morning talk show. And just the host just kind of sitting there. And then the producer counts down three, two, one. And right before the red light goes on, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's the man or the woman, but somebody goes, Energy! I feel like I don't know. Do you do you need that? Last night was a long night. It's Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, are we dragging or are we ready? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to move. I mean, last night was a lot was a long one. I mean, that was that was last night was brutal. Uh barely you know, barely slept. Um, and today's just been you know, feels like a long day. Uh, but no, we're listen, gotta get on to week week twelve. Got to. We got a big three, you know, three game slate here on Thursday. And this is this is it. It's win win or go home this week. You, you got to get into those fantasy playoffs. It's a tough one. The three games with injury concerns and all those questions, waivers first. And it's kind of the one thing we'll also talk about tonight. It's kind of the time of year where some people might lapse, even if it's not on purpose, you know, or if it is either way, like your team is out of it or it isn't, but you just forget. I went to a wedding on Saturday night. I think I'm still dragging from that. And I made <laughs> uh I'll give myself a little bit of a compliment by saying I made I made uncharacteristic lineup errors on Sunday. So um, you know we we all hear it and maybe acknowledge it. The later the season goes on, the the fatigue starts to set in. But Billy Muzio will be on with us shortly, and there's tons of energy there. I don't think we'll have any trouble uh, getting <laughs> getting rolling when Billy joins us. That's how I remember him from the Expo in Canton, where he was the life yep. of the party. He is in the Draft Sharks <laughs> Invitational, but he's kind of down on the list like I am. Uh, we've been waiting here every week for you to finally get to the top, and I'm, so I'm sure you did. You were a fraction of a point short, I believe, when we last checked last week. Yeah, I'm disgusted with myself. I'm disgusted with you know fantasy football here. So here I am. I was I've been second all year, second overall all year. Let, going into let, going into this last week, whatever this week, I was down 0.5 to Chad. He lost Derrick Henry three weeks ago, but I also lost Kyler Murray three weeks ago, who doesn't want to play football either. So, uh, and I find I, I faded. I scored like 119, uh, and he scored. He, he he led the league 190 90 something 190 something points. Like, are you kidding me? So uh, he made a big gain on me this week, or big you know extension, and then two other guys passed me, Elliot. Chris and Abib, of course, passed me. So they're mm-hmm. right there, though. They're in striking distance. Even even Chad's still within striking distance. I mean, it's eighty less than eighty points over the course of six weeks. So I had Stafford on a bye last week, along with not having Kyler Murray. So I had, uh, you know, one. I had one quarterback going there. Um, so that was it. Was it was a tough, tough week for me. I had no 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 Cooper Cup. So. We'll see. We'll see. There's there's been there's been a, there's been a movement here in the ten, in the top ten. Yes, and I was noticing on a bad team of mine how, with quarterbacks and buys and certain injuries, 
Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, Colt McCoy. I mean, you cut Simeon. There's a group of quarterbacks that were like actually relevant five years ago that have crept into not best ball teams because most of these guys were not drafted at all in, in best ball, but became relevant in season long. And even perhaps Adam in FFPC, I mean, in the draft sharks invitation, you're kind of stuck. My quarterbacks on my team are Dak Prescott, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And so, you know, you get what you get. <laughs> it's just the yeah. 40, 44th place, but you know, a quarterback, the quarterback position is a big part of the scrambling and it has to be especially true going into this final regular season week with no Patrick Mahomes and no Kyler Murray, who's on by both. Yeah, that's going to be is an interesting week. Even looking over rosters, like you said, the draft invitational is is super flex, best ball, so there's no pickups. And so Mac Jones was my only quarterback. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at you know rosters that I have to play against this week, um, rosters that I have where you know you got uh, Chiefs in, in particular. Two first round picks won't be available. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes who won't be available. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. I know in in my in my top main event where I where if I win I get a buy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm playing against a team that that's that's without Kelsey and, with, and without Mahomes and maybe without AJ Brown. So I'm feeling good, really good about that matchup. But you know, it's hard. That's and that listen, everyone's. You know, this is I know this topic. We didn't have this topic for tonight, but we've talked about this, like. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, like all these studs that got you there. Well, guess what? You're going to make the playoffs, and I, I and I'm and I'm hope I'm hoping those teams make the playoffs so that I can face them. Because not that I, I was fading Christian McCaffrey at the one overall, but Jonathan Taylor. It's like especially in football, guys, where you get no regular season money, you might not get anything. You know, with Jonathan Taylor with a, with a, with the bye week during the playoffs. So um, it'll be very very interesting to see how those play out. And I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure there'll be there'll be some tweets. I'm sure um, there'll be some tweets out there with some information on, on how the Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey teams did. Yeah, Aaron Jones. You might have mentioned him too, but like Aaron Green Jones. Yeah, Jalen Hurts coming up. You know, uh, Chubb for Cleveland. A lot of big names. We've known that, and that's yes. that's something that you've mentioned throughout the season and going back to draft season. Like, watch out for that, and I'll be interested to see how that how that manifests. Really, the, a big difference between the top two and then third and fourth here in these FFPC tournament leagues where the top two teams are going to go through and in the main event get paid, as you said. So there's a lot to uh, look at there. Well, we are waiting uh, for Billy to join us. One thing. Billy just got here. Oh, good. Should should I bring him in or you you want to talk about him a little bit more? I guess we should bring him in. I mean, it seems rude. Let's, 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 let's bring him in. Let's bring howdy, him boys. In. Howdy, howdy. I recognize that, man, and that set. Yes. That's right. No yeah, stranger have... to uh, fantasy football players and to people who watch the podcast like ours. We've seen Billy many times, I'm sure, on the couch as well with Sigmund. Oh, so yes, uh, you are with Sig? Wow. Uh, yeah, Sig came on our show over at uh, the Fantasy Data live stream, and I was, okay. that was a fun one. It was like – I there was a comment and it still rings true today. It was like I wish Sigmund would read me bedtime stories. And <laughs> it's <laughs> here's voices. Sigmund is so Bloom soothing. and Morgan Freeman reading bedtime yeah. stories. <laughs> he was on my show in Buffalo on Friday, and the Bills go to play the Saints for Thanksgiving. He's like, "Are you coming down uh, for Thanksgiving?" I'm like, "No, I, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't travel with the Bills." 
He said, well, is anybody from your team doing that? I said, yes, Sal Capaccio will be down there. He's like, oh, well, I'll have him over. There you so go. So he seems like a very welcoming guy, uh, Sigmund. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of my favorite interviews I've done. Uh, he was just such a warm, welcoming, just, you know, very soothing. His energy was just like, it was drawn to him just as a person and his energy. Just, it was, it was just very enjoyable of interview. I just, I really enjoyed it. It was probably one of my favorites. Very good. Well, let's, let's catch up here, Billy. We saw each other in the summer. Uh, a lot of drafting has been done. A lot of money has been spent. What, I know one one successful team to this point of yours we'll be talking about. Uh, I know Adam wants to break down the board because you and he are each in, in separate high-stakes leagues in first place, drafting from the same 12 spot. Yes. And let, let me ask you this question because I saw the Guilds, Andrew Geller, commenting on this, I believe, on Twitter. Maybe even today, he's like 12 was the place to draft, and I don't know how serious he was, but do you feel that way a little bit, that drafting at the end was advantageous? Yeah, so I I think like depending upon the time of year that you drafted, uh, I think that it, every spot comes and goes with waves as injuries hit or you know news hits and people move up and down boards. Uh, towards the end of the year, when we had clarity, when we knew who was injured, and we knew um, Aaron Rodgers was going to play for the Packers, and the boards kind of settled in, um, the twelve spot became um, very versatile. Right, you could go zero RB, go anchor RB, you could go double RB, however you chose to build it. And you could find yourself building some pretty solid teams all around. I think where you fall into trouble was kind of like rounds eight through 12, where um, people just start sucking up uh, value and, and picking just, you know, player preferences at that point. But you find yourself at the end of the draft board there and at times uh, leaving yourself with less than stellar players. But I think overall, you were able to build some very solid teams from the 12 hole. Um, I have some very solid teams from the one hole that are still alive, but I, I think here we are, you know, two years in a row where the second half of the board, um, was very promising and, 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 and now is showing, you know, favorites in, in playoff spots, because if you had, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook, uh, you know, good luck at this point, there's probably very few shootout teams available. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point drafting at different times of the year. Now this, if I can remember correctly, Billy, this was the weekend before the season started. This 10K? Yeah, this was, I think, um, this was the first one. So it was, this was the Thursday, because uh, we had a free look at Mike Evans. Uh, okay. And then Saturday, we drafted our second 10K league. And um, that one we drafted, I think, from the four hole or five hole, somewhere somewhere in like the front half of the board. Um, and okay. the team looks completely different. But uh, sure, um, this one is by far the better of the two. Yeah, and I remember, um, yeah, Guilds posted that thing on Twitter the other day about the twelve hole, and it's and I and then I I responded with a picture. We'll go over it because I I love the fact that you picked from twelve. I'm in a three k, and we should probably preface you're 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 crushing in this ten k. You're you have a wait, big, hold big up, sorry. Here. Mike's the only other person I've ever seen drink wine on a podcast. I love you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's a, thank he, you, he's, and he's, I have he's a high class. He, he's high class, Billy. No, cheers, no, buddy. Here's well, maybe. But cheers. I just <laughs> while while you guys were talking a minute ago, I went to the link to share the link over on Facebook. And it's like mm -hmm. whatever do you guys know even how that is just a sort of a random shot. It's like a still shot, but it's me uh, like this. So I'm, I'm not putting that up. I, we have to we have just change it by a second or something. Because I don't want anybody to see, like, that's not the signature moment. But anyway. That's right. Sorry to interrupt you, Adam. Uh, Go ahead. So I just saw the wine glass and I got excited. No, that's good. 
He even drafts while he drinks wine too. You know what I mean? So, Me too. It's oh, perfect. It's the, it's the perfect. Yeah, there you go. It's the perfect beverage for drafting podcasting. You don't have to worry about temperature. You don't have to worry about you know having to go run to the kitchen to fill up another beverage. You get the bottle next to you. You can just pour as needed, and you just don't worry about temperature. It's room temperature, and it just continues to get better and better and better as the pod goes on. Oh, Great point. I'm, I'm gonna have to do it. Ice, you know what you don't have I'm to worry about? Ice right. cubes. Exactly. You, you don't have to worry <laughs> about whether your ice is melted or anything. Uh, yes. I'm more of a right. hard, uh, a hard apple cider guy myself but yeah we'll, we'll we'll move on um so yeah i in my so billy's crushing it in this 10k uh first place i'm also crushing it in my 3k we both picked from 12 and we both have completely different builds so that's why i thought it'd be really cool to kind of go over this so like you said so and even guilds on twitter was like hey it was great to pick from the 12th spot and he kind of gave you an example of what your team kind of looks like you got the jt and Najee. now do you did you go into the draft thinking hey we're gonna go running back running back because i remember thinking in my 3K, getting the 12 spot, and I remember going, you know what? I want to what, – what advantage can I get over the field picking it at, at, at 12? Because I'm not going to get CMC. I'm not going to get the top running backs or receivers. What can I do that they can't do? And my thought process going in was, hey, I'm going to take two really good running backs because they can't get two really good running backs. Well, we'll show my team out here in a minute. I, running backs did, didn't fall to me, but you were able to, to, to do that. Was that your plan going in, or were you just going to go with the best player available? Yes and no. So we're never one to lock ourselves into a strategy. Uh, this draft was with my draft partner, David Hubbard. And um, when we go into drafts together, we are just BPA. Um, we'll have an idea of what yeah. we want to do in that given draft. And, and, but nonetheless, we'll let the board fall to us, right? We knew that we wanted to have two solid running backs, whether that was going to be, you know, somebody in the first round or somebody in the second round, or maybe somebody in the third, if they fell, we knew that we were going to take two earlier running backs we wanted jt we also liked Najee, so both fell to us luckily um we, we, we were afraid that 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 the uh, 11 hole was going to take one of them um but that was you know with the news of of uh aaron Rodgers returning um he was baited in so it worked out nicely um we actually had eckler higher on both of our boards eckler was my running back three going into the year i talked about it a lot on the podcast and, and yeah um, yeah yeah and I just loved Eckler, but that this was this week was when he had tweaked his hamstring prior to week one. Yes. Um, and yep. we said, you know what? Let's go with JT. Let's go with Najee. They're both going to have a lot of workload. We expected Najee to see ninety to ninety five percent of the snap share, like the like the the team had had kind of stated. Uh, there was just nobody else really to to even counter that or to to give him any competition against those snaps. And um, so it was either going to be Eckler, Najee, Eckler, JT, or one of those three or two of those three. So I think either way it played out, it would have been fine. But I mean, I, I think JT was of course the home run hit right now. Yes. Uh, of course, when you have the lead, you're going to see a lot of successful names. And I also see Cooper cup and Debo Samuel on this team. Oh, yes. So that, that is a, that's another daily double right there with those two guys. Um, how did you feel about Samuel versus Ayuk? Like how, what was your sort of distribution I, on those two? I all preseason I had stated that Debo Samuel was the pick above Ayuk. I went back and watched. I'm a film guy, and I went back and watched film from you know 2019 because 2020 was an injury riddled season. It was kind of a lost season for Debo, um, and I wanted to see Debo in action. Uh, and went back and watched tape. So you know, and specifically, what caught my eye was the NFC Championship game against the Packers when um, he was just running all over him. It was you know yard after the catch monster like he is this year and. Um, looked at his ADOT and, you know, very low ADOT and said, this is, 
you know, that ADOT is not going to be repeatable. So if he's able to see a higher ADOT as well as this yard of the catch, he's in for a big season. Um, when I looked at uh, Ayuk and said, hey, I think the kid's talented, but, and a big but, everybody was injured. Debo was injured. George Kittle was injured. Every Niner running back was injured. Uh, his stats were, you know, propped up by necessity and out of need, out of need, not necessarily want. Uh, and when you start hearing John Lynch echo, how much they love Debo Samuel in the off season, uh, for me, just kind of everything aligned. And I, I was choosing Debo, um, whenever I have anybody that close, cause it was close for me, don't get me wrong. But when you have somebody who's in round five or somebody who's in round seven slash eight, um, for me, I'm going to pick the latter and, and, and hope they outperform that ADP. Yeah, no, I like that uh, a lot. Now, this is kind of – I may be losing my mind. Were you the one at the expo that was telling me about the Bob Long story about getting having information on Debo Samuel, or was that somebody else? No, not me. Okay. I think I saw a tweet <laughs> on it too. But, yeah, Bob Long was, like, telling everyone who who could who would listen uh, about, about Debo Samuel in the, uh, over at the expo. So um, Yeah, there was yeah, a few no, of us who were very high on him, but – yeah, you know, it was few and far between in the preseason and even, you know, going into week one. But uh, I, I was beating the drum and uh, I had, you know, several uh, debate tweets with Josh Larkey over at Player Profiler in regards to it. And uh, I I just I love the talent and I'm so happy it hit. Now, so when it's working, working, we're looking at your sorry, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry, just to add, it's working unconventionally somewhat, too. I mean, <laughs> like this game against Jacksonville, he's in the backfield all day. Uh, one target, but you still you still did great. So yeah, it's great because because we have Elijah Mitchell in this team now, and so when Elijah Mitchell's out, Debo's the running back one. Yeah. When Mitchell's in, Debo's the wide receiver one. So either way you look at it, you have you know a very specific you know skill set that Debo has, and I, I mean arguably, I think he he looks even better than Mitchell does running the ball. Like it's like Debo's just unreal. Like I think the talent and and what he's able to do with the ball in space is just un unprecedented, second to none, even on this team and across multiple teams. But, um, you know, luckily we had Mitchell. We were just able to plug plug and play Debo. Yes. So so two quick things on that. One, Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson give me hope for LaVisca Chenault's future. Like maybe this is the future of NFL running backs slash receivers. Like let's get these guys who can do both. Cause if running backs don't matter, you can throw an able-bodied guy back. There. I mean, we've seen receivers here, Robert Woods. I mean, guys that have gotten random carries that have, Oh, look, he just popped off for six yards. Like how the heck did he do that? Well, the hole was the size of a truck. Like anyone can run through yeah. that. So if we can get these hybrid type players, that would make fantasy way even more fun than it is now. Um, and also my question on this, I was very interested to see Elijah Mitchell on this team. So you went running back, running back start, and then I'm assuming you blew most your load on Elijah Mitchell after week one and, and, uh, 921 case, there you go. 921. So you didn't care that you already had two, two stud backs. No, no. Uh, there's very few okay. players that pop up every year that, uh, are, you know, league winning caliber talent, uh, for me, we that's that's the thing that upsets me is we owned Elijah Mitchell probably in seventy percent of leagues leading into the year, uh, and then dropped him like week one because we just thought so many things were going to have to go quote unquote right but wrong for me as a Niner fan because you know you're going to have to lose most you're going to have to you know Wilson's already out you're going to have Trey Sermon's going to have to fail like there was so many things that had to go 
fall into place. And it just magically happened yeah. all within the first, you know, couple games. And and then boom, here we are, you know, dropping him and then adding him back up the following week for like 70, 80% of our budget. Cause I always thought he fit the scheme better than Trey Sermon. He has that, he's that one cut runner that get downhill, you know, very fast and, you know, runner where Trey Sermon was a little bit more stiff, a little bigger to me, didn't really fit the scheme as well um, for Shanahan's system. So I always believed it, Mitchell would, you know, eventually have some sort of breakout with his team. I just never imagined it being this early in the season. If only the 49ers would have drafted that, you know, drafted accordingly uh, (laughs) in in that way, but, or, and not said everything they said about Sermon in the summer, that would have been clearer. And also the Trey Lance questions, Billy, like what would Lance, when would he play? What would that mean to the rest of the players in that offense, including George Kittle? That remains a question because here we are to Thanksgiving and he's he's only started once in an emergency. So, you know, you try to all these different ways, things to look at to try to make your read. And one is what what is the organizational plan? What does it appear to be? And this what the 49ers are and they're not bad seems contrary to what you know, you'd expect most teams to do. Like, why am I drafting a first running back then a second running back and preferring the second one? You know, especially if it's based on sort of running style and then also. Why am I trading up for the third overall pick? You know, I mean, if, if they thought Garoppolo could play, they, they owed him a lot of money. Anyway, it's been a sort of a confounding team all year. Yeah, I, I am actually very happy that Lance is not in because then you have to worry about goal line, you know, um, goal line carries and stealing from Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo clearly favors Debo as well. Um, I was the, the move up was questionable to me. I had thought the pick was going to be Mac Jones all offseason. Um, you know, seeing where he went in the draft even frustrated me even more because of, you know, he was, you know, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in, in all of college. And then here he is, you know, at, you know, falls all the way to New England and they just happened to snatch up their future franchise quarterback for free, essentially, when the Niners gave up the farm. That's a whole nother story. But I, I ultimately, you know, I to, to, to kind of touch on your point, they have I think that Kyle Shanahan has shown a consistent failure of identifying talent and to utilize that talent accordingly. Like you look at what they did with IU and kind of killed his, his confidence going into the first half of the year. They're doing the same thing. They did the same thing with Pettis. They did the same thing with Trey Sermon. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a narrative now and it's, and it's continuing to happen. And uh, I, I have a lot of questions with Kyle Shanahan that, that um, you know, I'm not happy with because of, of the draft picks that we've selected and the usage we've got out of them. But, um, you know, ultimately, that's that's his position, his role, not mine. <laughs> well, we looked at a first place high stakes team of yours. Let's look at Adams. And he also drafted from the 12. Tell us about this one, Adam. Uh, yeah, so I picked from the 12 spot also. Um, and it went a completely different route, right? So I wanted to go um, – I wanted to go running backs. So I wanted to kind of do what they – what uh, where Billy was able, able to do. Um, but they all, they all went right. So I ended up going with Tyreek Hill and Diggs, who at the 12th spot, I, I had never seen them fall there as a combo in any of the drafts I did like all year. So to do a three K and have that happen, I, I find super interesting. And I'm wondering if maybe the team at 11 was daring me to, to, to take them both because maybe he thought that Tyreek or Diggs would fall, would fall back to him um, or, or, or her. Uh, so I ended up going zero RB and, and that was the kind of the one I posted on Gilds' thing there. Just joking. I said, I'm never drafting a running back again because of this team, but like, uh, I mean, it turned out 
perfectly the way I wanted it to. I got my kind of my zero RB targets. Uh, well, one of them in Leonard Fournette, you know, Daryl Henderson's worked out fine. Pollard had a little bit at the beginning for me. James White broke my heart, but yeah, I've been able to make a couple of moves and, and, uh, but cup Diggs, Hill and Andrews have just been so great for me. And it was just a completely different build. And, uh, if, if, if Hill and Diggs would have fallen to you there, Billy, would you, would you guys have gone that route? Looking at the board. Um, yeah, probably actually. Yeah. The only other player that were probably would have been contemplated would have been Aaron Jones. Um, but I, we yeah. both Tyreek and, and Diggs um, are, were definitely high on our boards. So I, I probably, I, I'm going to say 85% sure. We probably would have gone that route one, two. I mean, Derek, even old. Derek Henry at 11, like, when did when does he ever fall? When did he ever fall that far? That's what I was Crazy. going to say. So maybe the team at eleven, you know, you have your tiers, and I don't know. Like as you said, those receivers are often going by that spot. But this is a Derrick Henry opportunity. So you know, it, it was nice for you, I think, right? That you almost never picked the same position as the team next to you. So they come back in round three, and they're going running back again, and you're sort of reinforcing each other by you know, taking such divergent uh, strategies. It wasn't across the board, but you have you have that here in this draft. Andrews and what was Billy in round three? Uh, receive Cup? No, it was Evans. Cup. Evans. And no, then, Evans. And then, no, Evans Cup, yeah. I think, yeah. Ev- Evans Cup. I have, yeah. an, I have a team well, I where I had Derrick Henry at 11. It just didn't happen often, but it, I I faded him, but at that late in boards, you, you couldn't pass him up. Right, right. He's sort of <laughs> daring you to take him. yeah. Yeah, All right. Well, yeah, exactly. before before we let you go, Billy, like a big big weekend in FFPC to say the least. Um, any any sort of thoughts on how to how to play this week? Whether that's about the teams on buy or depth, any sort of maybe strategy advice you could share? Well, I think it, it's it's not just week eleven. It's 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 all it's all year, right? And I think it's the teams who are constantly grinding the waiver wire, the teams that are are constantly giving it their all and not checked out they're utilizing both waiver runs they're looking at the wins they run as well as sunday morning runs um those are the teams that consistently are at the top of the boards i mean you look at players like dave hubbard and you look at players like you know chad schroeder and you look at players like nelson Sousa and everybody that you see the same names year after year after year in these rankings and it's these guys hustle and these guys are you know just the cream of the cream and and it's because they never quit you know they're they're four 300 points out and they're still grinding the waiver wires until that team is officially dead and i think that that's what separates the men from the boys inside the high stakes leagues the people who get lazy and the people who say oh you know what i missed wednesday waiver run i'll just i'll pick up somebody on sunday mm-hmm. that's a that's unacceptable when you're when you're when you're playing you know for five thousand ten thousand you know dollar leagues or even if it's just an fbg or a main event or whatever it may be you know you have to grind. You can't be out hustled, and you have to make sure that you're just pedal to the metal at all times. So yeah, even, that, that, that's, that's a great point. Long, long, long winded answer. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's true, and I think that's one of the great things about having a co-owner, right? Is these guys can kind of like feed off of each other, and and you know, because and I because I've got one, and I've got a ton of teams, and the greatest, you know, as disappointing as it is to have a team that that's dead. Today it was great to take a couple of football guys teams and just throw them in the trash. Like, all right, I don't have to grind waivers. These teams are done. These teams are. Yeah. I put them at the very bottom, and when I get around to it, I will set the lineup and 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 maybe pick up a kicker if I need it. But like, I can focus my energy on you know the teams that are 
that are still in it. So, um, because yeah, like you said, yeah. it can be, a, it can be a grind, but it's, yeah, it's unacceptable to, to not uh, continue to do that. Um, and if you, cause if you can't handle all, all those teams, then, you know, drafting's fun. Maybe you should do best ball. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, um, you know, did, a, I did a lot of best ball and they're completely different animals. Right. And I, I think though, yeah. um, in season management is just critical to your success. And I had always thought that I was, you know, a diehard yeah. waiver wires, but Dave is just, Dave is just another like beast. He's, he's, he's like another creature when it comes to waiver wires. Like the man lives on the waiver wire. Like I'm surprised you don't see his name on there. <laughs> it's just like, he's, he's constantly on there. It's just hilarious. Like I'll go in and, you know, touch it, you know, a few times a week, couple hours each time. And, and then I come back in there and, you know, every time I check it, it's like, there's a different name in there or someone was removed or somebody's in there and, and we're constantly sending each other notes. So it's the grind. Everybody just, it's all about the grind. If you want to send Dave a Christmas card, you know, Dave Hubbard, the waiver wire, <laughs> Santa Claus, the North Pole, the post office, we'll get it to Santa Claus. It might be similar yeah. to that. I wish I could reach my 49er helmets over there. I could get up and get them, but Adam doesn't like when I do that. So next time I'll be prepared to, to show off my 49ers helmets. Oh, uh, I love I love hearing that, especially because you're with, you're with you're Bill's Mafia. So uh, I've got nice. a, no, I've got a Super Bowl MVP helmet collection. Oh, so awesome. I believe San Francisco has won a few. That's It looks like the, I, they're represented over there in that case. One of these weeks, we should get it on display. <laughs> just just uh, a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> Billy, thanks for your time. Great to see you. I look forward to seeing you next year. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, good luck. You boys as well. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. At FF see Muzio you, Billy. from thanks, Billy. Man. Yeah, boys. You see him a lot. Um, very active and interactive Love with, it. with other players. So can we, let's skip ahead to the uh, point you made about having a team that's out of it. Because in, yeah. in a certain scenario, right, you're talking about, hey, I've got so many teams and I can sort of ignore ones that are they really have no chance. I'll call it a problem for the sake of this, this question. Like the problem is you could be – that team could be in a league where someone else needs you to, you know – replace Patrick Mahomes or replace DeAndre Hopkins or somebody that's that's on by this week or an injured player. The quarterback thing is really interesting the way Mahomes and Murray, and I know Murray has been hurt anyway, so you've already had to address that, but that a lot of us don't roster backup quarterbacks until around now. So anyway, what do you say to the guy in the league you described where your team is in last or something, but they need you to win, try to get up to first place, and you're done with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> this this should be the week to do it, right? You, you gotta uh, reach out. But I mean, I would. Here's here here's the thing: you have to be in a small enough amount of leagues, I think, to look at who you need the opponent to lose to and all that stuff. Like, I'm so involved in my teams that, like, probably the main events would be where I would go in and be like, all right, who's the guy that I need to lose? Who's he playing? All right, what's that guy's record? Is he going to set his lineup? Uh, and I would have no problem, like, trying to find this guy. <laughs> like, I can message him in the thing, find his email maybe through the, the – and just say, hey, listen, would you mind starting a lineup? <laughs> you know, yeah. just to give uh, just to give this guy just, – just, just to give the guy uh, an honest chance to, to, to lose. But generally speaking, FFPC is – it's very rare, except for maybe Dynasty Leagues or something, where you'll get a team that – 
that doesn't set a lineup. I know you get people post stuff to Twitter, and I saw one uh, from Draft Addict today or yesterday where a guy didn't start a lineup. But it's also hard too when you know injuries and these and these um these COVID situations that happen. You know Saturdays, like you know you you already do your waivers, and there's so many guys. And you, might not, you might not even have a guy that you want to drop. And now all of a sudden, two guys pop up on COVID, two starters. Well, now what? I'm not going to drop them. So now maybe I do have to put a zero in there. But uh, there's all different types of scenarios. But as long as everyone's given their honest effort, I think it's all all we can ask for. Right. I mean, that's that scenario you just described, that happens. I mean, Lamar Jackson was in lineups on Sunday because people were not expecting him to miss. And, you know, oh, well, it's not because he didn't know about the news. It was past 10 in the morning and you couldn't pivot. But if you go into the week and I'm out of it, and you know, whatever I got other things to do. It's Thanksgiving. There's just a, it's a, it's an interesting one. And you're saying, well, yes, I'll, I'll. You think it's okay? And I'm not saying it's not to reach out to that person and try to, you know, encourage them to put the effort in. You know, I, I respect that. Do you think that that's kind of the universal opinion on that? Because I think some people would say that it would be, I don't know, crossing some line to do that. You, you'd have no problem doing it though. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And all I would say is, and I think, you know, just, hey, would you mind making an honest effort this week? I see you've got a lineup that isn't that isn't set, you know, and it's, you know, whatever. But I would not, I would not going to go in there and be like, hey, would you, would, would you pick, would you use some fab money and pick up this, this guy's and block it? Like, I would never do that. Right. But like, hey, just set, set a lineup, just make an honest effort. And, and that's all, that's all you can ask, you know, of these, of these, these guys, because, you know, you don't know how many leagues they're in. You don't, yeah, you don't know what's going on. And their life, because again, yeah, if they're three and seven or three and eight and they're toast, like, you know, how much can you really ask of them if they've, if they don't want to do it, you know? So, well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm bringing up. I mean, how much could you ask of them? Isn't that sort of the deal you make when you enter like the, that you, you do have sort of that responsibility to the league. I think in a, in a home league, you know, a commissioner, and this doesn't have to be different for FFPC, but there's just so many different leagues. Like a, a commissioner might find it to be his or her job to, to do that. Like I got to make sure for the integrity of it that everybody is still trying here, you know, because that's important. Um, well, okay. I mean, I, we I should just, have Dave Gersnack on this. We should have Dave Gersnack on the show for this because he has to do that for dynasty leagues, and uh, and he and he's got you know he's got to have his nose in it for all those dynasty leagues, and he's you know I've had him. I've seen him reset lineups and do all types of stuff because there can't be any, uh, you know, whatever it's called, forfeiting games for better for better draft picks and stuff like that. So right, tanking, uh, right? Yeah, tanking. Yep. So that's that's uh, super. That's that's more interesting there too. We all got the email today from Dave and from FFPC. That's right. <laughs> this, is, this is how we prevent that or try to prevent that. You know, it's just and this is something I worry about too much in life already. But all right, you want to get somebody's attention to hope to be able to remind them or encourage them. Hey, look, you know, we're all playing here. Now, if, if you send me, this is my first year playing in the main event. If, if you or someone I don't know sends me that email, my first reaction to it is the nerve of this guy. Like I'm competing, (laughs) I'm trying, I'm just losing. So you got, I think it's right to sort of remind yourself to sort of calm down because the person doesn't know you and you don't really have to take that personally I want to say, you know, largely what you did, which it's okay to do that. It it shouldn't not be, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a problem 
to want to send that email or want to, you know, send that tweet to somebody, um, you know, and hopefully they don't take it personally. If they do, they do. And it can backfire, right? Obviously, too, it can it can backfire and the person might resent it and end up <laughs> going the other other way somehow for you. But, you know, that's, that's yeah. sort of the, 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 the pact you like to think you're making when you when you're playing for this much money and you're playing in this tournament is you you want to think you're playing with you are you're playing with people who take it seriously and you want that to mean overall that they're going to take it right to the end no matter their their record that's the that's the bottom line for me yeah and i i'm not even saying send it on a tuesday i'm saying if it's saturday night and you're laying around setting lineups and you see that the guy still hasn't set his lineup maybe on saturday night he's got two guys on a buy or something like then maybe you send out an email like hey just just checking in to see if you wouldn't mind setting a lineup, you know, whatever. Like, uh, yep. that's that's all. That's all I'm saying. Give it to Saturday night. Mahomes is interesting for this. Travis Kelsey could be interesting for this. Two guys at onesie yep. positions where you might not be carrying a backup. Give it. Give it to Saturday. Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, hopefully nobody gets run into a jam on that one. Um, let's let's go to the the wire here, Adam. It's it's week twelve. And just today, I feel like maybe 24 hours ago, we might have said, because I've been hearing this, you know, it's kind of, you know, not so great this week. Uh, no obvious names or anything, but just today there were developments that might have changed that. And that's the, the Titans and the Saints, to name two to name two teams. The Saints have been out, Camara, and now Mark Ingram isn't practicing. That opens their backfield up for Thursday night, if there isn't a change to that. Tomorrow, but it's certainly possible that we're looking at Tony Jones here this week. And today, the Titans cut Adrian Peterson. So, yeah, that was kind of a curveball. Tennessee and Atlanta, both last week's, ended up going with running backs for the most part. Nobody was talking about, not even shows like this. Dontrell Hilliard for Tennessee, Kadri Allison for Atlanta. Now, Hilliard for the Titans to the main roster, Peterson out of the way. Are you interested? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, especially now. And it's, you know, there's a couple weeks left. A lot of these, you know, we just talked about like, are you still paying attention? Like those teams aren't, you know, aren't spending their fab money on, on Dontrell Hilliard, you know, they don't care. So you, it's, you're really competing with just a couple other teams. And if you have more waiver money, yeah. Like I, I was just doing waivers today. And it, like you said, it's been such an interesting week where oh, there's no one available. There's no one available. And then all of a sudden, Adrian Peterson gets cut. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, Dontrell Hilliard, he was a guy I was already going to target any, anyways because it's it's like I've got money left sit, sitting around. can always use more running backs. Like, why am I not going to put in a waiver claim on, on this guy? I mean, we clearly didn't – you know, they brought him up and they gave him more touches than everybody else, and he looked okay, and why can't he be the guy? Like, it's not like he's <laughs> – there's a couple – it's not like there's other studs there, right? It's like – so yeah, it's annoying <laughs> for the Adrian Peterson and the and the uh, you know all the other running backs that are the other people have been picking up and counting on and but yeah and and also listen don't listen to the people either I see people on on Twitter like you know victory and I, listen I'm all for a good victory lap right I'll I'll do victory laps all day but you can't oh I told you not to pick up Adrian Peterson like listen pick up every running back like the reason why you pick them all up is because you don't know because the coaches don't know and it's like. So pick up Dontrell Hilliard, pick up Tony Jones, spend that money. You can't take the money with you, you know? So you do still want to save some because you want two kickers. You probably want two defenses. You definitely want two, two quarterbacks going into the fantasy playoffs, but 
Um, but yeah, I'm spending a, 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 a significant amount on Donchell Hilliard this, this week. Are you at, I want to talk about kickers and defense real quick before we wrap up. So are you at yeah. two kickers and two defenses already? Does it depend on what your situation is, like what place you're in? Maybe it depends on more than that, just like who else is on your roster. But how are, how are you looking at defense? Because I think I'm like maybe most players where it's week to week. And you also have the the aspect where you do at other positions where they get frozen. So there's no element of that here all the way to the end. You have more experience than me. How do you how do you play it? Yeah, so the defenses and I think the kickers also don't get frozen like the other players. Right. So you're able to kind of add it, add and drop them and stuff. So but yeah, I'm it depends. I've been riding with the Bills all year because uh, they had such an easy schedule. They still kind of do have a fairly easy schedule, but uh, they got New Orleans this week, which isn't good. But they got, they got Carolina and Atlanta in the in the in the three week race there. But yeah, here's here's the hard part is when you don't have like on good teams, and you if you don't have two defenses by now, it's kind of hard to find somebody to actually drop for a second defense. So that might be a situation where I just ride with one because um, especially if there is no if if they're not going to be on a bye, a defense obviously can't get hurt. So I might ride with one defense. I'm definitely riding with two kickers. And that's mm-hmm. where you have to make some tough decisions. The last, usually I'll wait for, for the two kickers. I'll wait till the last cutoff week, which is I think heading into league championship week. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop someone that I don't think is going to start for me over the next four weeks. I'll pick up that sex second kicker, but I, yeah, I use the, for the strength of schedule stuff for defenses. I use the strength of schedule app here on draftsharks.com. Uh, it's really, really good, and that's can kind of point you ahead because you don't care about what the defenses have really done that necessarily. It's about what they're going to do. And at the end of the day, the FFPC defenses don't score like they like the number. The Bills going into last week were the number one scoring defense, and they averaged eleven point eleven points a game. Like <laughs> even if you have a defense get you four, like they're just a defense is is is, is going to kill you. Um, now. Having New England, I picked up New England in a couple of leagues this week, and they were thirty. Uh, yeah, they were thirty, which is incredible. I mean, for them to triple up the average of the number one scoring player, and I mean, who's the number one scoring running back? He's probably I don't I don't know who it Taylor. is. He's in the twenties. Uh, Taylor, what's what's the average? In twenty something points a game. It's like it's it's like having a running back score sixty. He tripling up the number one player at the position for their average. I mean, that's. That's insane. So uh, if you can get, it's all about, it's all about touchdowns on defense. If you get a defense that can get a shutout and a touchdown or even just a touchdown, that's what I'm looking for. I want defense are going to play other teams that are going to turn over, over, over the ball. So that's really what I'm looking for in a, in, in a defense. The oh, and, and I know we're getting into the weeds here on defense, but Hey, why, oh, why not? Um, you want teams. Yeah, that's right. You want teams where the defense's defensive line can dominate the other team's offensive line. And you can find those metrics. Um, you can Google it. I use um, establish the run as an O-line versus D-line thing for that. And every week they do a, uh, a uh, the biggest mismatches, D-line versus O-line. So go look at that and, and maybe work a couple weeks down the road because that's where turnovers come from. Quarterbacks making mistakes when they don't have time to throw the, throw the football. So if you're looking for turnovers and touchdowns from defense, that's what you're looking for. So try to find that. And um, that's why the Eagles defense has been so great. They just, their D line has been great and forcing turnovers and scoring. So um, good, good, good for them. 
Darius Slay in the last month alone would have more points than <laughs> most. Most entire defenses. <laughs> right. Entire defenses and a lot of running backs and receivers. I think he's got touchdowns in three of his last four. So that's just the one player. Uh, nice, nice for him. All right, Adam. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. It's always a pleasure connecting with you and talking fantasy. Very big week. Don't uh, don't quit. The rest of us need you. Whether you need you, the rest of us need you. <laughs> no, no quit. No quit. Rough week, but listen, we still got our eye eye on the prize. We're right there. It's it's just you know it's uh, it's a twenty four hour spell and and we're right we're right back to it and um, we're ready, we're ready to roll. Big big day on Thursday. Big day on Thursday. You and I in Western New York. I'll work the Bill Saints game on Thanksgiving night. And then Sunday, I'm going to be trying to get free because week 12 of the regular season to have the day. I mean, that is a day where you want to just watch everything or yes. not and just not drive yourself crazy. But I, I don't think I have that sort of uh, <laughs> discipline. Just put me in front of the whole, put me in front of every game and let me ride that ride. So we'll be back uh, next week. To discuss it, you can see our Twitter handles there if you want to interact with us and the show, Deep End FF1. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving again, and good luck. See you guys.